Good evening and welcome. Tonight I have a collection of five short horror stories for your listening pleasure. I want to take this moment before we begin to thank my channel members and patrons on screen now. The support you guys give me gives me hope that this one day can be more than just a hobby. With that said, let's begin. My mother and I had a strained relationship growing up. She was an alcoholic, and I mean drunk at that. My father left her when I was four, and she took her anger out on me. It started with verbal abuse, but as I aged it turned physical. She's always denied her wrongdoings. Perhaps her chronic drunken state erased her memory, but something told me she knew exactly what she did. As I got older the beatings became more regular and more severe. She called me a liar when I confronted her and accused me of fabricating stories for attention. At one point in time, she had me committed to a psychiatric hospital, convincing them I was harming myself. The moment I graduated high school, I moved out. I never married or had kids, I guess I'm scared in that sense, but I'm content on my own. So you can imagine how I felt when I received a call out of the blue from my aunt. Laura, your mother called me. She's told me that she's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. She needs help. I scoffed. My aunt pleaded with me. Laura, we're her only family. I don't care for her myself, plus I'd have to uproot my entire life. We don't have the finances for a care home. I'm begging you. I protested, but eventually gave in. It's been a year of caring for her. It wasn't so bad at first. She was unusually appreciative, but it went downhill fast. When you have a family member with Alzheimer's, the best you can hope for is for them to become pleasantly demented. That wasn't the case. Once she stopped recognising me, she screamed at the sight of me, calling me hideous names. It quickly turned physical. Punches didn't make much of a dent at her age, but she learned that hitting me with a plate or a bowl did. She became fond of throwing things and waking me up in the middle of the night with her hands around my neck. What was I supposed to do? Restrain an 80-year-old woman? Hit her back? I just put up with it. A week ago I had to bring her to the ER. The doctor told us it was a heart attack. She would need major surgery to live. At her age, the risks outweighed the benefits. I felt guilty, but so relieved. I held her hand as her breathing became more laboured. Laura, she whispered. It was the first time she recognised me in months. Tears filled my eyes. I have something to tell you, she said weakly. I was startled by the coherence in her speech. She looked me straight in the eyes. No one ever diagnosed me with Alzheimer's. I just like beating the shit out of you. She took one more breath and closed her eyes. I had always wanted to surprise my dad on his birthday. I know that adults are supposed to surprise their children on their birthdays, but I feel bad because his birthdays are never as exciting as mine. Ever since I can remember, he's always insisted on surprise birthday parties. This year, I'm going to surprise him. Things haven't been the same between him and mum, and maybe something like this can bring them together. They're always fighting nowadays, and for the strangest reasons. He snapped at mum the other day for going through his stuff in the basement. It was the weirdest thing. I tried to think of all the things I could surprise him with. Adults are hard to understand. I never really got his love for cars, but maybe he would like it if I at least pretended to like them too. I settled on the two of us hopefully having a bonding experience over making a model car. 
I'm going to sneak into the basement and see if he has all the tools for the job. If not, I can buy some from my paper trail money and surprise him with the tools and all the pieces to put together the car. Excitedly, I wait until night, everybody's asleep, and take a flashlight. It's more of a toy, but it will do the job. Excitement turns into slight fear, but my dad always told me not to be afraid of the dark because I'm stronger than anything that could be in there. I go down into the basement and start looking around. It never made sense to me that everything is pitch black in here. What's the point of having a basement if you can't see anything in it? I shuffle along in the dark and hit a switch. I drop the flashlight and my knees turn to jello. Sir, sir, you said you would let me go if I... If, if I didn't make any noise, sir, please come back. My wife has found out where our children had been taken by the kidnapper. The kidnapper doesn't know that my wife knows, but at the same time my wife is also not opening her mouth. I urged her to tell me where our kids are, but she isn't going to say anything. I couldn't fathom any kind of understanding as to why my wife wouldn't say where the whereabouts of our kids are. She is so calm now, and before when she didn't know where her kids were, she was panicking. Every day she would turn frantic over something, and now that she knows where they are, she is calm and isn't saying a single thing. How our kids got kidnapped was when we went out to a sunny beach. Our two kids got snatched when my wife and I took our eyes off them for just a moment. That's how it happens, you know, and that's how life can turn in sudden huge events. I've been arguing with her and even screaming with her to tell me where our kids are. I've even tried threatening violence to force her to tell me, but I could never lay a finger on my wife. She's a closed book now, and even though she knows where her kids are being held as prisoners, she says nothing. Makes me insane. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I tried to have conversations with her about it, telling police about where our kids are, and now that she's seen them without the kidnapper's knowledge, we can rescue them now. She would just snap at me and break something to shut me up. I had no choice but to go to the police and tell them that my wife knows where our kids are being held, but my wife isn't saying anything. The police were baffled by this, and they even thought my wife was behind the kidnapping. They had no evidence to prove this though, and I would never believe that my wife would be behind the kidnapping of her kids. I saw the kidnapper with her kids and I followed him. He took them into some field, then from afar I could see that he killed them. I screamed but he couldn't hear me. Right now everyone is still looking for them and everyone thinks they're still alive. If they find them, then I'll have to fully accept that they are dead. As long as they are still missing, then the idea of them being alive is keeping me happy. I decided to accept my wife's explanation. There are many ways a person can die during strangulation. Some just take a bit longer. Some you can survive from, but all leave a lasting scar. Here's what happens. During strangulation, arteries can tear. That tear makes it possible for blood to enter the arterial wall. The layer of the wall then continues splitting, which can lead to a fatal stroke. 
Also during strangulation, your head feels like it's literally exploding. Imagine putting your fist around the middle of a blown up balloon, then imagine trying to pump more air into it. That pressure and eventual explosion is similar to the situation your brain is in. In some strangulation cases, the arteries themselves are obstructed, cutting off oxygen to the brain. This attack is sometimes called a brain attack because of the similarities to a heart attack. But make no mistake, it's different and it's very painful. When you press hard enough in the corroded arteries, the two big blood vessels on the left and right side of the neck, your heart will fall out of rhythm, which is known as arrhythmia, sending it into cardiac arrest. When you place your fingers on your neck to feel your pulse, you're hearing the bum bum of these arteries. Pushing too hard, and for too long here, is one of the quickest ways to cause a fatality during strangulation. If our veins were a road system, the jugular vein would be the express lane. It had no intersecting valves, meaning it's a direct line for blood to reach the heart. So, when pressure is applied to the jugular vein, a backup of blood can occur in the brain. This can quickly cause unconsciousness, and eventually result in death by asphyxiation. As you can imagine, the confusion that comes with being strangled turns into panic really fast. The tightness around the throat sends a code red signal to the brain, alerting it to freak out, and with all cylinders firing at once, a panic attack often comes next. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this is exactly what happened to Mrs Lewis via the hands of her husband, the deceased. He strangled her over and over to the point of death, but he always managed to bring her back for more. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is why she stabbed him. This is why she killed him. She realised that the next time could be the last thing. It was clearly self-defence. The prosecution will want you to focus on the fact that Mr Lewis was asleep at the time of the attack, and that it was brutal and senseless because of the sheer amount of stab wounds. But I want you to focus on her current, past and everlasting injuries, and the fact that eventually, Mr Lewis would have killed his wife. Please don't send an abused and very scared woman to death row. Whoa, this has been a roller coaster. One of my colleagues asked me out on a date. We've had chemistry ever since I started working there. I mean the way he'd smile at me and he winks. He looked delicious. One night while we were working overnight, I sort of gave in and said fuck it. So I pulled his face and we had our first kiss. It was majestic. You know the cliché saying, it was like there were sparks flying around me. Well, it was exactly like that. After our date at his romantic restaurant themed red and white roses all around us but not fancy at the same time, I decided to invite him over to my place. You know how we men are. I went to the kitchen and decided to get us some wine. I also turned on the deep fryer. I don't know how to cook meat in regular frying pans. The smell on my face and the butterflies in my stomach proved how happy and excited I was. I brought him the alcohol and I watched him as he took a big sip out of the glass. Sorry I was thirsty, he said. My mood plummeted like a stone sinking to the depths when I turned on the TV and heard the reporter say, This man is a dangerous serial killer and a police sketch was created thanks to one of his surviving victims. If you see him, seek help and call 911 immediately. I was sure that that serial killer was in my home right now. I looked into his eyes and there was no humanity left whatsoever. 
Just pure psychopathy. Oh, I guess now you know my secret. I have to kill you earlier than expect. I saw his eyelids close involuntarily. He tried to stand up, but quickly he fell down to the floor like a book slipping from a shelf. It's fortunate he took a rather big sip of that wine that I put ketamine in. Thanks for listening this far. If you enjoyed, then the best way to support me is by subscribing and hitting that little red button below. And with that said, I'll hopefully catch you all in the next one. Thank you.